Welcome to SARC Talk. SARC is a nonprofit cancer research organization that develops and manages clinical research trials in pediatric and adult sarcomas. SARC Talk is a podcast to discuss activities of SARC, interview sarcoma research leaders, and review scientific initiatives in the sarcoma field. Welcome to SARC Talk, episode number seven. My name is Scott Okuno. I'm a medical oncologist at Mayo Clinic and chief medical officer of SARC. All episodes are posted on our website, Spotify, YouTube, SARC channel, and wherever podcasts are available. Please place comments as we want to serve your needs. Today, our guest is Eric Lean, chair of the board of the Rainin Sarcoma. We will learn how Rainin Sarcoma started and how it pivoted from a small family-run patient advocacy organization into a large sarcoma histology agnostic patient advocacy group. They have funded multiple sarcoma research projects in Minnesota. They support the Sarcoma Spore Grant, and they have future growth plans, and we'd like to hear from Eric uh, on this. Eric, welcome to SARC Talk. Thank you, Dr. Kuno. It's an honor to be here today. Eric, thank you for sharing your time with us uh, today. Uh, please share with our listeners a little bit about yourself, what role you play in rain and sarcoma, and how you got involved with rain and sarcoma. Yeah, thank you. Well, first and foremost, I'm, I'm currently honored and proud to serve as, as president of our board. Um, this is my fifth year being engaged with rain and sarcoma, and my engagement started because one of my best friends was diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma back in 2017. And at that time, living next door to him and his family, seeing what he went through, seeing the impact it had on his family, it was incredibly moving. One, just to be, be there for him specifically, but then more importantly, even be there for his family because I was able to see the impact firsthand of what sarcoma has on the patient and then their loved ones. I attended the fall fundraiser that Brain and Sarcoma had back in 2017, and I was so moved that I went up immediately to my friend Blake afterwards and I said, how can I get involved? And he quickly responded and said, join the board. So I joined the board one year as, as a general board member, then chairing the research committee. And then I was vice president for two years. And this is my second year as, as a board director. And it's been an absolute honor to serve in that capacity, but then too, to work with our broader community as well, too. Eric, I know both of us know Blake very well, and he's quite an inspiration, him and his family, what he went through. Um, but you brought up the word family in being and I, I, I kind of feel that uh, people start to lose track at times of what the main goal of an organization is. But can you tell us, you know, you got started in Rain and Sarcoma. What would you consider the main mission of Rain and Sarcoma? Yeah, fantastic question. So our mission is, is three-pronged. Um, one holding no more importance of, uh, than the other because all three are super important to what we do. Uh, but the first one is education. And it's educating the public and the medical community about sarcomas in general. There are a lot of different sarcomas that are out there, and, and sarcomas don't typically get the headlines that other types of cancer do. All are terrible, but at the same point, we want to help educate and bring broader awareness to sarcomas in general. The second one is truly supporting sarcoma patients and their loved ones as they go through this entire experience and being there for them, offering advice and giving perspective on what to expect. Um, and then our third is funding research and funding research towards new treatments and finding cures for all sarcoma cancers. And so uh, for us to run an effective organization, we really need to rely on all three facets, the education, 
the support, patient and family support specifically, but then to also research as well. You bring up the point, Eric, of the three missions that you do have, education, patient and family support, and funding research. Some of us weren't there at the very beginning of the development of Rain and Sarcoma. Maybe you can tell our listeners, how did Rain and Sarcoma get started and how is how has that continued with the Wyckoffs as we move forward? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, just a complete recognition to the Wyckoff family for what they started. Um, and Rain and Sarcoma was started in 2001 by Karen Wyckoff and her parents, Pete and Sue, after she was diagnosed with synovial sarcoma. And she started the organization with her parents to raise awareness and find cures for all types of sarcoma cancers. And she created an event, which is now still run today, but now called our annual party in the park. And it was held at, on the grounds of the Como Park um, in St. Paul, Minnesota, near a carousel, which was something that was near and dear to Karen's heart. Unfortunately, Karen passed away uh, a month after that first event was held. But that event and the mission of Rain and Sarcoma still continues today. Uh, even though her parents, Pete and Sue, aren't necessarily directly involved in the organization, we still work to honor Karen's legacy and what she originally started uh, when she founded Rain and Sarcoma back in 2001. It's uh, quite a, an event party in the park. You know, we've had opportunities to come up to the Como Park. It's a beautiful location. If those that are listening come to St. Paul, it's in July typically. And typically the state of Minnesota in that month, we do petition to get Sarcoma Month, as we say, Awareness Month at that time. And it's good just to bring families together and to have some of the researchers there, the silent auctions, the events that go on during this whole festival. And it's really a time, maybe not the most largest fundraiser that the Rain and Sarcoma has, but it does allow people to get together and to engage a lot of volunteers to move forward with that. You know, Pete and Sue were quite instrumental in starting this program. And maybe you can share with other groups of how was the decision that Pete and Sue decided that their time starting that organization was done and they wanted to hand it off something that will last beyond them. And maybe you can share with that and how the board and how the Rain and Sarcoma group has continued after Sue and Pete handed it off. Yeah, absolutely. I'll be honest. I don't know offhand what specific year uh, that transition occurred, but obviously Rain and Sarcoma grew literally from their kitchen table um, into the organization where we have today, where we actually, we have office space now. And looking at where the organization was, where it was at the time and where we were going, we all made the decision together that, hey, it probably needs different engagement from different people in the community, different leaders, different people, part of the medical community to really, truly help Rain and Sarcoma achieve their goals. And, and that is that, you know, sarcoma doesn't exist anymore. And since then, we've, with a collaboration with Pete and Sue, made that decision to move on. And we're also going through additional changes now in organization as we continue to grow and help more people and have a broader impact as well, too. There was a strategic decision made. I remember when Pete and Kevin came to Mayo Clinic to visit with us to see if they wanted to engage, how Mayo Clinic could engage with Rain and Sarcoma. And back then, I didn't even know this organization existed. And out of that, multiple grants have been submitted to Mayo Clinic to support educational and uh, research at Mayo Clinic. But not only at Mayo Clinic, but also the University of Minnesota, uh, you guys raise funds for, and Children's. Can you describe how you decided, at least initially, the three major academic centers in Minnesota and kind of your plans of the board moving forward uh, outside of uh, Minnesota? 
Yeah, absolutely. Great question, Scott. So being based in in the state of Minnesota, we are blessed to have such incredibly strong healthcare organizations and institutions. And uh, when Rain and Sarcoma first started, especially when Pete was leading the charge, and since then with Janelle Calhoun, our former executive director, partnering with those three staples, University of Minnesota, Children's, and the Mayo Clinic works critically important to us. And knowing, too, that they all had focuses and specialization in sarcomas, that we want to do more to help them and help expand the reach just in what sarcoma is known about just within the state of Minnesota. And so that's how our partnership started. One, what can we do for them and what can they do for us? And so part of that is just, it's been a phenomenal relationship of collaboration and and trust over the years. And we can't look forward more to continue to expand those existing relationships. At the same point too, sarcoma just isn't confined to the state of Minnesota. Other people across the world are impacted by it. And so our goal is to be able, hopefully, to touch every patient that's impacted by sarcoma and help their loved ones with the goal of hopefully not helping anybody because we've found a cure for it or we have the right treatments that if somebody is diagnosed with a sarcoma, that we have the treatment that we can help them overcome that quickly. So we are in the process of trying to expand our reach. And it's in doing so, we also want to work with credible and foundational organizations like the U of M, like Mayo and like Children's with other organizations across the U.S. as well too, and hopefully replicate the relationship that we've built with those three organizations while still maintaining that those strong relationship and roots. You brought up it's always a give and take relationship. And, you know, we enjoy being part of your community, all, you know, the University of Minnesota Children's and Mayo. We do have fundraisers that we help support. We help, a lot of us have been on the board and different activities. However, Rain and Sarcoma does give back to each institution in a form of research grants. Uh, but also, you do support what we would call the Scholars Program. Maybe you can describe a little bit part of the education part of how you're trying to get medical students to have an awareness of sarcoma and get that into the curriculum and how that is pushed forward and how you support uh, education for our medical students. Absolutely. Well, first and foremost, like I have to recognize Jan and Tim Modlin for their engagement in the, in the Scholars Program because without them and their family, this won't be possible. So if they're listening, big shout out to you and the Modlin family. But the Jan Modlin Scholars Program, it's, a, it's an annual award scholarship program for medical students at our partner medical schools that support Rain and Sarcoma's goal of educating the medical community and public just more broadly about sarcoma cancers. And so each year we grant three scholarships to University of Minnesota students and two to the University of Mayo medical students as well too. Things that they can take and leverage that money to help increase awareness of sarcomas within their respective institutions, but then to help them meet their educational goals as well too. And thank you to the generosity of the model and family. We've now been able to expand that scholarship program to additional schools in the University of Wisconsin Medical College and then the Medical College of Wisconsin as well too while still working with uh, the Mayo and U of M as well, too. Yeah, it's a great time to engage young, interested medical students to share what they learn about sarcoma and how to get it into different parts of the teaching. They also, other than a stipend that they do get, they do serve an organization and they can participate in what we would call red flags. uh, And maybe I'm not going to put you, well, I'm going to put you on the spot. You know, there are six red flags, and I, I think we just need to know kind of what your thoughts are 
I, I'm you, those who are not here, I do have the golf ball and the list here, Eric, so if you ever need that. Um, but can you describe a little bit more about the red flags, which is part of the education part and how, how that has come about and what Rain and Sarcoma is trying to do to promote this uh, across other health industries? Yeah, absolutely. Before I go there and answer it, though, I'd love to just give a quick plug to for the research symposium that Rain and Sarcoma supports every year, where we bring our scholars, uh, the modeling scholars together, in addition to other researchers within the sarcoma community to share their ideas and research, because we believe that collaboration and broad knowledge of education can make such a significant impact. So if those listening want to get involved, check out our website, because that's a great place to learn more about that researcher symposium. Uh, just a follow up on that, Eric, just before. It was just uh, about a month ago, we had it at the University of Minnesota, and it was a great event. The researchers did present not only from the core group, but outside of, uh, I think someone came from Case Western as well. So it was actually a great event. So it, it's fun to in a more casual, but in a learning environment. So it's very. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, to, to answer your question directly, Dr. Kuhn, about the red flags. So red flags is part of our awareness, but it's a campaign that educates the broader community just on the symptoms of sarcoma with the goal of early detection and ultimately saving lives. Uh, so now here's the challenging part for me is I have to go through the, the six of them that I think uh, you're going to test me on. But I think the best thing, especially if you're listening, is uh, the, the three most significant red flags are if there's a lump, a bump, or a bruise. And if you or a loved one are experiencing one, is it pain more than expected from an incident? Is it pain that doesn't go away from treatment? Any area in the body that uh, should be the same on both sides, you know, in a limb but aren't? If there's discomfort moving an arm or leg, or if that lump or bump is growing, and it may or may not be painful. So I'm not sure if I passed the test, but hopefully those that are listening identify if there's a lump, bump, or a bruise that just seem abnormal or doesn't go away, it's something you should definitely get checked out and treated. Absolutely. And this is a great mission. I know this was picked up by, I think, uh, Pete and the team earlier on in the rain and sarcoma part. And this... I'm holding up a golf ball with this thing screwed into it that tells me what to do. So anything bigger than a golf ball, which is five centimeters, should be evaluated. And it's really made sure that the first thing you do is not to remove it. The first thing you probably want to do is image it first. And the main mission is we all have lumps and bumps. At what point should you be concerned? And that's the education part that goes on. And that's why I always keep the golf ball in my office here to kind of remind me if I see anything bigger than a golf ball. Uh, that we should deal with it. You did talk about research, and you do fund a lot of research. How do you get the money to help fund research? Because I know that's a lot of what the board discusses of how to do fundraising. And I think now the Rain and Sarcoma Board has a pro professional that helps support that as well. So maybe you can help share with other listeners how that has all developed. Yeah, it come, it's multifaceted. Uh, and it comes from incredibly generous people all across the United States. So we have, every year we host a number of events with the goal of getting sponsorship, but then also raising funds. And that goes from a Ninja Warrior course we host in Rochester in the backyard of the Mayo Clinic there, to um, our annual golf event in Scramble, to our annual party in the park, and then also the fall gala, which would be kind of a considered more of a crowning fundraising event. So those are the big events in which we drive those fundraising opportunities. We're also taking a much more proactive and I don't want to say aggressive, but a more proactive stance in terms of trying to reach out and get more grant funding 
across, from different organizations as well, too. But then, too, there's incredibly generous donors across the United States because they've had a family member, a loved one, a coworker, colleague, or just friend impacted by sarcoma, and they're gracious enough to give us their, their fortune. And then additionally, too, families also have named funds for, for their loved ones in which people can direct money for sarcoma research or to support other aspects of our organization through the name fund of their impacted loved one or friend. You know, part of it is the organization does reach out and engage with patients and family. I think that's a key part that sometimes we forget. Yeah, we do research. Yes, we provide funds for research. Yes, we do educational events, but you're there for the patients and their families. And I think that allows them to connect with rain and sarcoma and then be more willing to support rain and sarcoma for name funds, as you said. Well, and if I could touch on the patient family support, because I think that is one of the biggest aspects in terms of like at least how people are first engaged by rain and sarcoma and how I mentioned how I started off my journey indirectly with sarcoma and seeing the impact that it had on, on a dear friend of mine. The biggest thing is we want to let patients know and their loved ones that they're not alone. There are going to be many hurdles that they face and they may sense a, a sense of isolation. Um, and while sarcomas maybe are considered rare, it's knowing that there are other people that are on that same journey who have been that, on that same journey as them and that we're all here to support and assist those patients. And whether that's done through in-person support groups that we've helped organize uh, and coordinate to our brain and sarcoma circle, which is our Facebook support group. But most importantly, and where most people are truly getting in touch with brain and sarcoma is through our patient guidebook. Um, this is something historically that's been printed, but now we can, it can be accessed online as a PDF. That's how my friend Brett Blake became aware of rain and sarcoma because when he was diagnosed, his caregiver gave him a copy of the patient guidebook. And then two is the tote bags that our patient family support committee puts together um, that helps any newly diagnosed patient or someone who's gone through relapse it is a way to give those gift bags back to the caregivers that um, have ultimately helped them throughout their sarcoma journey as well, too. Eric, you do bring up the point of that notebook. That notebook is critical. I know you had a, a goal of getting so many of these two individuals. And can you share with our listener group how that goal was achieved or where you are with that goal? Yeah. So last year we set out a goal because I should add primarily historically that it was all a printed notebook. But we live in a very digital age now. So it was important to make sure that that notebook was in digital form so we could reach more people. So last year we set out an, a goal of getting 7,000 digital copies to uh, impacted sarcoma patients and loved ones across the country. I think, I don't know the exact number offhand, but I believe we hit well over 25,000 um, in terms of downloads from that digital notebook. So it's tremendous. And I also, we have more opportunity to grow as well too. You know, from our standpoint, we think there's roughly around 16,000 people diagnosed with sarcoma in the United States each year. So clearly multiple people are downloading it. And SARC actually has looked at trying to recapitulate a, a notebook. And I think patients do find it very comforting because it doesn't list every single histology. It does list some, but it does provide some guidance and care what to kind of expect. And uh, that along with the tote bag, if you know they're seen in a, in a clinic, is very, very helpful. And to remind them, that this journey that they're going to go through, they're not doing it alone. They're doing it in concert with other people that actually care about them and 
allow them to connect with other individuals. So it's been very, very helpful. That's great to hear. Thank you. I know you have an office, you said, that uh, Raymond Sarcoma has, and you've now grown to the point that you have an office, but you also have staff. And maybe you can describe the paid staff that we help support, that Raymond Sarcoma supports, and how they interact with the volunteer group. Yeah. So uh, we have three talent, soon, soon to be four talented individuals on our staff, and I want to make sure that they are recognized in, in no particular order. But first is Katie Engleby, who is our education and community uh, communications manager. David Stibbe, who is our development director. And Lachelle Semenko, who is our new executive director. I also want to give a significant recognition to Janelle Calhoun, who is our recently retired former executive director who has been with the organization since inception and was a dear friend of Karen Wyckoff's. And Janelle really helped our organization reach new heights. Um, and we wish her all the best in the next chapter of her career. And two, we're also looking more for kind of a business or operations manager as well, too, to kind of help more with the day-to-day aspects to help support our growth because we need to become more operationally efficient at this organization to achieve our growth goals as well. The other item you mentioned as well to Dr. Kuno is just the volunteers. And we would not be anywhere close to where we are today without those incredible volunteers. And they are simply amazing and incredible. And every single person has either given their time, talent, or resources to rain in sarcoma. And if we didn't have that volunteer base, in addition to our incredible staff that we have, we would still be that little engine that could that would that's operating the kitchen table. It's fun to see the growth of this organization and get more out there. And maybe you can share with our group here, audience, uh, what are the future plans for Rain and Sarcoma? Yeah, we still operate under Karen's Wyckoff's ultimate goal, and that is a world without sarcoma cancers. And so we need to do more in order to help achieve that goal. And as I mentioned before, sarcoma is not confined to the state of Minnesota. So we are looking to grow and expand and touch more people that are impacted by sarcoma. And, you know, we'll do our, we'll have done our part when sarcoma no longer exists. But our focus really is to expand that focus, but then reach more geographically and digitally across the U.S. as well, too. And so um, historically, we've grown fundraising by doing more in-person events, um, but those do come with a higher cost. So how do we start looking at doing more digital events, more sponsorships, but then to having a broader reach, as I mentioned, of our digital patient notebook. But then to even working with different medical systems and medical colleges to help increase awareness for them and give them resources. So when they're working, the medical staff is working with their patients, they have more resources at their fingertips in order to help diagnose sarcoma cancers much earlier than they are today, potentially. Getting into sarcoma centers, getting into medical oncologists, surgeons, radiation oncologists that deal with a lot of sarcoma is a challenge. And part of what we in the medical profession is help to make those connections, to break down barriers, to be that, here, let's hand off and transition. It's not always been smooth. You know, we can make those introductions and we're busy people here. And I think what we're trying to say is there's value in bringing certain individuals and groups uh, to the community that you are serving and your patients and that there's a great return on investment. So as Eric Rain and Sarcoma starts reaching out, I think the opportunities are for all of us is to, when the door is knocked, visit with them. And I know we can make transitions. Uh, Maybe you can share with the group any secrets that you have found that has been helpful 
to get into new organizations other than, you know, Children's, uh, University of Minnesota, Mayo, Medical College of Wisconsin, as well as University of Wisconsin-Madison. Well, I, Dr. Kuhn, I want to give you credit for this too, because it, it's all about collaboration and networking. And good people know good people. And you have been able to help us introduce us to other great people at, at new organizations that we didn't partner with before. And so it's just almost grassroots in terms of helping to expand that reach or for example, you know, we do get a lot of different grant requests from organizations that we've never worked with before, but it's also, you know, getting a chance, maybe we don't fund those initially, but working to build that relationship with, with either that researcher, the medical staff, or that organization, just to learn more and figure out how can we partner together more. And I think what we've learned the most along the way is just by listening. You know, you listen to the patients that are impacted by sarcomas, you listen to the loved ones that are impacted by sarcomas. And then two, you also listen to the medical community and the caregivers because they're giving their blood, sweat, and tears to do everything they can to help their patients. And when you listen, people will tell you what they're looking for. And that's a great opportunity to help find a mutual path in order to build a partnership and collaboration. I'm excited about growth opportunities because this organization and the mission that you talked about, the three resonate with us at SARC, resonates with us at Mayo Clinic and each of the groups that you have kind of connected with along the growth trajectory. You've been at Rain and Sarcoma now for five years, you said. You are president, you were vice president in the past. What personal goals do you have for Rain and Sarcoma and the Sarcoma community? That's a great question. My personal goal for Rain and Sarcoma is to help build and grow our operational efficiency and capacity as an organization because we do have lofty goals to expand our geographic and digital reach. But unless we're structured the right way as an organization, it's going to be really hard to meet those or meet the expectations of those the people that we're trying to help. So my personal goal is to continue to work and build that organizational capacity within Rain and Sarcoma. But then ultimately, too, is, you know, within the next couple of years, I'd love to have at least maybe three or four more solid partnerships built with other quality organizations like the U of M, uh, Mayo Clinic. Children's Hospital, University of Wisconsin, and, and the Medical College of Wisconsin. So to continue to build those with the right organizations across the country as well, too. So those, those are the kind of more of the near-term goals. But longer-term goal is what still Karen envisioned from day one, is a world without sarcoma. Karen had a good vision, and we want to continue with that as well. Yep, absolutely. What message would you like our sarcoma community to know as we kind of come to the close here? The biggest thing I think for everyone to take away is obviously we've spoken a lot about rain and sarcoma today, but there are other tremendous organizations out there that are doing incredible work. Um, and as you mentioned, I think before, when someone knocks or picks up the phone, answer and let's engage, let's get involved and let's make a difference together because when we have that level of collaboration, we can achieve incredible things. And so find a way to get involved and partner. That's my biggest message. Well, Eric, thank you for sharing uh, about yourself, about rain and sarcoma. There are many patient advocacy groups out there that are trying to make this transition from a founder-led organization to the organizational efficiency group that you are creating here at rain and sarcoma. So we continue to hope and pray that you will continue to build out this program because it's a service not only to those in Minnesota, but as you, you are alluding to in Wisconsin and maybe beyond as well. I think many groups can learn from Rain and Sarcoma. And as you said, you're learning a lot from other well-run organizations as well. Any 
final thoughts that you have, Eric? Well, if, if there's anything we can do to help any institutions that are out there or any other organizations, please do not hesitate to contact us. It's rainandsarcoma.org. Um, you can find our contact information there. But I think, as I mentioned today, that I think one of the key words, if I look back at our conversation, has been a collaboration. Let's continue to collaborate and do good things together. I'm hoping that people that are listening that might be at a sarcoma center that want to engage with a patient advocacy group will reach out and then we can make those connections and see what role this partnership and collaboration could be. So hopefully this will get out to different groups of people and we'll share it with other people as well. Please share Sark Talk with those interested in sarcoma. Please leave comments and suggestions about Sark Talk podcast and we'll address them at our next Sark Talk. Eric, again, thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Kuno, and thank you for everything you've done to help brain sarcoma as well. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss a Sark Talk. To find out more about Sark, please visit our website at sarktrials.org. To suggest a topic or for questions, please email us at sarktalk at sarktrials.org. The Sark Talk series is made possible due to funding from Adi Biosciences. Together, we can find a cure for all forms of sarcoma.